Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and this week on the podcast, I have a very special guest returning to the experience, producer of the Digital Sky podcast, host of the Who It Wins show, Mr. James Gaffney. How you doing, brother? I'm good, sir. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. As always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. James, are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. I remember last time. This was great. Question number one. Who is the greatest Canadian to ever exist? Ah, uh, wow. Greatest Canadian ever to exist? I'd say my dad. Um, but, uh, you That know, works also. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say my dad. Uh, also, um, uh, Wolverine or Deadpool, and I'm a uh, close third in that, that list. Okay, I like all those answers. Question number two. This is the first time I've ever done this. Uh-oh. I'm taking a question from somebody who submitted it in for the five for five. So this is the first time for Devil Cock Spirits ever. Are you ready for this question? I think so. Okay, this question is from a very familiar person that you may know, a Mr. Ray Stacanus. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yes. He asked you, why do you cheat so much? <laughs> You know, when you win as much as I do and you make it look as easy as I do, I can understand why people think I cheat. There you go. That's the perfect answer. I would also, I'd also have a sidebar that uh, bribery works really well. I have no problem with bribes whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three. If you could pick one person to solve the world's problems today, who would you pick? One person? One person. Okay, I, okay. Fictional or real? <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd have to, this is going to sound, I'm sure everyone is thinking about the exact same person I am right now, so I apologize in advance for, for saying the most obvious choice. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ronald McDonald. That's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, look, listen. This person knows how to master resources, provide food for millions of people, um, not caring about anyone's health, just to get you know food into people's mouths by the billions. He also creates amazing um, you know play areas, which I still enjoy to this day. Uh, be careful of the ball picks; you never know what you find in there. And um, also, he runs uh, McDonald's kind of like the way uh, it's a well-run. Uh, you know, similar to a well-running criminal organization. Like I was remember watching the Sopranos and saying like, Delvin, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember, uh, Mc, Mc, Ron McDonald used to have sidekicks. There was Yes, Grimace. I do. Remember I there was Grimace. Grimace? There was yes. Birdie? Birdie? I think there correct. was Mayor McCheese. There was yep. the, the Hamburglar who yes. had the, the speech impediment and can only say robble, robble, whatever that was. And yes. the French fry kids, they're all gone. They're gone. Oh. Do you know why? All gone. Because... He felt they were unnecessary and just got in his way of the McDonald's enterprise. He's ruthless. He gets the job done. He knows how to use his resources. Just saying, I think he can solve the world's problems. Yeah, we have it. Ronald McDonald for world leader. Emperor Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. If you could have all the abilities and weaknesses of any superhero, who would you pick? 
James Gapsy. I mean, oh, fictional <laughs> superhero? Yes. Oh, wow. Not um, real life superhero. So you can't pick yourself. Gotcha. Uh, I'd have to go with Shazam. Shazam, because here's the deal. You know, my favorite, I was just talking about this today. My favorite part of the Shazam movie was the 7 Eleven scene, which, other than getting shot by someone, I've actually played that scene out with my son dozens of times. And like in real life, before the movie came out, I feel like I, I stopped uh, growing mentally, emotionally, uh, and definitely intellectually, um, you know, since I was 11. And, but I feel like a, a kid's like, I've got this really weird kid's joy and fascination with things in a, you know, a, a, a somewhat of a man bear like Sasquatch body. So I'd have to go uh, Shazam. I agree. 7-Eleven is just a magical place. It is. <laughs> it is. I went there a couple months ago and they had, um, I go there every week, but I went there a couple months ago and they had um, Funko Pops there. They were selling a uh, baby Yoda. Which I don't know why they're selling Funko Pop now, but that's the thing. What? Let me ask you a question. Question: What can't you buy at Seven Eleven? I don't know. I, I mean, if I, you. I'll bet you they would sell me the freezer if I if I had a good enough deal. Like they would sell me anything from there. Their hot dogs, which you could use to power like a nuclear reactor, probably they'll sell you those. They've yes. got everything. It's a magical place. I agree. So I buy this Baby Yoda thing, right? This Baby Yoda Funko Pop. I take it home. I say. Hey, kids, look what I got from 7-Eleven, Baby Yoda Funko Pop. This is cool, right? My daughter immediately looks at it and says, okay, thank you, Dad. That's mine now. So now I, know, I no longer own it. It's hers. It's in her room. Wait, she just took it? Yeah. What kind of power does your daughter have over you, and why is my daughter the exact same way? <laughs> I don't know, but it sure enough worked. <laughs> then my mm -hmm. son said, where's my gift? I'm like, I'll go out and get you something. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? Listen, I love kids. I really do. At the same time, they like, they don't stop eating like ever, like never. You, I, I fed my kids for like a whole year, Delvin, and they're still hungry for more. I, I, I give them a place to stay. I mean, you know, they don't say thank you for the electricity I provide and other gifts, uh, gifts like, you know, heat and water in my house. They're just, they just, it's like having a bunch of Chia pets that are just like really unappreciative. I agree. I have question number five. This is going to be an interesting one because I've never asked anybody this question before. Have you ever heard of rap snacks? Rap snacks? That is correct. Rap snacks. I've heard it. Okay. Canada has some really weird snacks. They've had um, flavored uh, potato chips that were like um, ketchup and like fruit flavored potato chips that were absolutely. That's like, weird. I don't know. That very weird. It's Canada, it's a weird place. But um, I have heard, I don't know if it's the same thing. It was rap, W-R-A-P, snacks, S-N-A-X. No, is not that the same what you're thing. referring to? So yeah, it is, look thing. at that. It's not. Oh, my God. It's not. Oh, sorry. Not, no, I've uh, never heard of the okay. much better rap snacks version you've got. I, I must tell you what this is now. Okay. It is hip-hop food. Okay. So. Go on. I, it seems like this is, is, this is only regional. They have, like, because they have potato chips, uh -huh. and they also have cup of noodle soups. So, potato chips and cup of noodle soups? Yes. That so, makes complete sense to me on many levels. Yes. So, you can go in the store, normally a corner store, like a bodega or something like that, and they will have a group of potato chips with different wrappers on the potato chips. Like, it oh may God. be a Master P, barbecue potato chips. That sounds or, great. 
or Notorious Big. It's a special flavor. They are a bunch of different flavored potato chips with different wrappers on them. And surprisingly, they are very good. Look, since you're in Miami, I got to ask the obvious question. Is there a vanilla ice flavored snack of some type? That's a good idea. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not a good idea at all. It's not. That's probably one of my worst ideas of all time. And it's nothing against vanilla ice. I'm just saying, what, what's the snack? You're gonna, I know. It's, you know. I feel bad for the guy. It's like, uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, and then that was it. You know, just. Uh, pretty much. But it's, it's a thing down here. They have, like, soups. Potato chips, and I see them everywhere now. And it's so weird seeing your favorite rapper on a bag of chips. <laughs> it, it, again, it's not bad. Is there a Delvin Cox snack available with rap snacks? Not and yet. that would be the top seller. That, not yet, but it needs okay. to be one. <laughs> there needs to be one. Absolutely. Definitely. So, James, how are you doing? And let everybody who doesn't know who you are, which, which shocked me, let them know who you are. Uh, things are going, I'm, I'm, again, as I was saying before we started, things are going well. Um, family is safe. Uh, things are good. Um, I'm the host of the Who Would Win show where we debate, uh, you know, hypothetical matchups between characters from different comic book and sci-fi and fantasy universes. Think Spider-Man versus Luke Skywalker. And uh, that's what we do because, you know, in these days, out of everything that's going on in the world, sometimes you just need something that has no importance whatsoever, and just you just got to dive full blast into it. And uh, our show's been doing well for a while. And we've got great support in the form of people like Delvin Cox, and uh, you know uh, things are good. And then uh, most recently, latest project I'm involved with is called Rideshare. I'm a producer uh, with Zoid Media, who created um, Digital Sky, and Digital Sky already had its first episode of scripted audio podcasts, like scripted audio dramas. And I'm talking like this is a full-on Hollywood production. Great writer and director, Scott Zachrin. We've got amazing voice talent and actors coming in. You know, we got like the, we've got the engineers. We got the sound engineers. We got the editors. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we had our first season, which was an anthology series. It was really a season of pilots. And we said, okay, which one of these episodes is going to be good for a spinoff? We did a vote with the fans, and they said, ride share the series starring Eric Martzoff who is uh, Brady Black from Days of Our Lives, but he was also Booster Gold from Smallville. And this is a guy who looks like a superhero, talks like a superhero, acts like a superhero. So he's the main star of the story of this, you know, person who's like a con man who decides to pull off his cons by being a rideshare driver. Let me get into that. Because when you first told me the, the ideal of rideshare, what it was, last year? Uh-huh. Not even rideshare, digital sky in general. I'm like, right. that sounds pretty cool. There's not that many scripted podcasts out there. So this could, this could possibly work. I think I've heard, only one I've heard, like, before I heard Digital Sky was, like, they had a Wolverine one at one point in time. I think, they think that's still going on. Yeah, Marvel had a, a Wolverine was a really good scripted, uh, you know, series as well for Marvel Comics. I loved it. thought it was great. Um, there's a lot of, here's the reality, Delvin, you know this too you know, the, there's a lot of people who could be a podcaster, right? There's no barrier of entry. Like I can record something on my phone, put it on Apple, look at me, I'm a podcaster, right? But to, to make sure that you have that high quality, you need a lot to put into it. People may not realize it's not the easiest thing, but it's totally worth it. And then go with scripted audio dramas and you need a great script, you need a great, great director, you need great actors, you need the engineers, the directors. We pour tons of resources into these shows 
And our goal is to be, you know, at least have the production values um, that people kind of hold as a standard for audio drama. Yeah. And when I first heard episode one, I guess of season one of Digital Sky, it was Rideshare. That's right. And I absolutely loved it. And Great. My, I loved it so much when I heard episode two, I was like, damn, I want to hear more Rideshare. This is mm -hmm. good, but I want to hear more of that story because it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. That's right. That's right. And the great part is that season, episode one of Rideshare the series picks up from the cliffhanger from Digital Skies uh, episode one of Rideshare. So it's a continuation of that story. Um, and, and things go from pretty intense with insane cons that you don't see coming to way more intense with cons you definitely don't see coming. Yes, and I love the concept of this, of this show because once I got here in episode one, first of all, it sounds professional. It is a well-made podcast. It sounds like a radio drama almost, and it just pulls mm -hmm. you right in. And when I heard episode one, the thing I like about Rideshare so much is the fact that the main character, Keith, by all means, not a good guy. <laughs> he's, he's charming. He's intriguing. He's fascinating. But he's not necessarily the type of guy you want to root for at first glance. You know, here's the thing. I spoke with the uh, writer and director and the creator of all this, Scott Zachron. And again, this guy has got a brilliant mind. He was a good friend of Stan Lee's. He's made a lot of great content in the comic book world and, and just movies and TV and documentaries and decor in, in general. He actually made the first ever web series as well with AOL back in the day. This guy knows his stuff. Yes. And then one day we're talking, he says, hey, how would you describe Keith, the main character? And it took me forever. And I'm like, okay, it's part Dexter, you know, the serial killer likes killing serial killers and he has a code yes. with a little bit of the Punisher at times who's got the, 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 the slick kind of way of a, of a Bruce Wayne. Yes, and I'm like, and so. I'm still not describing him the right way. There's, you know, a, a, imagine someone pulls off a con on you as a rideshare driver, steals all your stuff, lures you into your home, does all this crazy stuff, has his code, and, his, and, and then you, he leaves, and you're left there, and you're like, wow, that was horrible, but what? you know what? That was almost pleasant. I've got this great story to tell. I don't feel that bad. Yeah, kind of like an evil James Bond. I'd say like an, a, it's like an anti-hero, but not really version of James yes. Bond who's got a code. He's got a distinct code. Listen, I'm in the middle of the show. I'm producing the show with the other producers and I still can't nail down his code. It's that tricky. This is from the mind of Scott Zachary. And he's thinking he's playing 4D chess with us. This is going yes. somewhere. I don't even know where it's going. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. I've loved it so far. I don't want to give away too much of this. I want people to check it out and judge it for themselves, but so far, I love it. And one of the things I love about this show the most is, which I don't think I've seen, there is a visual version of the show. That is fascinating. That is, when I first heard it, I'm like, what could this possibly, when you have podcasts and you have visual, like, okay, what is it? It's like just talking with the, like the logo of the podcast. No, that's not this at all. This is actually like a motion comic brought to life in the podcast form, and it's super cool. It made me watch the episode three times. You know what? Thank you for that. If you wouldn't mind watching it 3,000 or 300,000 or even 3 million more times, that would be great. 
Um, the reality is that we knew we had something really great with Rideshare, this, you know, the series and, the, and the, the audio production. And, you know, we said, what can we do? What else can we do to kind of bring this home in a really cool different way? And we said, we need a visual version that matches, you know, how great the audio version is. So what does that mean? What's that look like? Well, guess what? We're in the middle of COVID. It's not like you can produce TV shows the way you could before. Um, we record, by the way, all remotely. So no one's in the same room. We have people, we're using Zencaster. Sometimes we have eight people on the same Zencaster session from all over the United States. I'm in LA, another producer's in Washington. We got talent calling in from New York. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, Britt Barron, I think was East Coast at the time. And she's, by the way, she's a great co-star as well. You know, from Glow, you know, from Final Fantasy Remake. By the way, she's awesome too. Yes. And, you know, we've got all, and, I, and I, we, the team got together and said, what can we do? And we did some research and we found, you know what? Motion comics are really underplayed. They're not done as much. You, you look at a motion comic and by the way, I love them all. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you listen to it, you watch it on YouTube, for example, you see it's like a motion comic of like a really cool comic book that, you know, a Batman comic or whatever. And then the sound's not really matching the magnificence of the, of the motion comic, right? Or vice versa. So I went yes. to the team and I said, they were like, what's, where, what's an example of a great audio and visual representation of a motion comic? And I said, it's, it's, the only thing that came to mind was Black Panther, the series. I was thinking of that. Yeah. That's exactly and, what I was thinking of. And, and I mean, when you think of Magnificence, by the way, I'm a huge Black Panther fan, but also I remember watching that going like, that's limited animation, it's a little bit of articulation, but everything is said beautifully. The voice acting is fantastic. So I said, listen, this is our gold standard. We, you know, so we're trying to create something along those lines. And uh, that's how uh, the motion comic was created. It's fantastically done. Thank you. It's, it, it came out so well. I'm excited to see where this series goes. And also I'm excited to see what's next for Digital Sky because the series itself feels like, well, the first season felt like Twilight Zone where it has the different stories, different outcomes for the stories. This season kind of feels like 24, like a season of 24 in terms of you have this one continuous story that kind of adds layers and layers onto it that's kind of going to build up to this big finale. So it's kind of like, I want to see where we go with this, man. This is so cool. Yeah, you, you, again, I've, I've often joked, but not really about how, how perceptive you are. And you nailed it again. This is building to something, and it's building to something big. And I'm not at liberty to say just yet what that is, but we Thanos. have big plans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so all of a sudden, Thanos finds that the Thanos copter broke down, and he's like, what do I do? So he calls a rideshare app, and then the car that comes up was actually already stolen by the main character, Keith. Keith controls Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, hijinks ensue, story at 11. You know how it goes. It's a, that story's yeah. been told a million times. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. But, well, let's get in this thought before we move on. But you guys are doing something really cool. So cool that people messaged me when I tweeted about it. I said, is this real? I said, yes, it is very much real. You're giving away a PS5. Yeah, we're not just giving away a PS5. We're also giving away an Xbox. And... <laughs> And, and yes. the, reason, the reason why is because we're crazy, but we're crazy smart. 
And we thought, okay, what's a great way? Look, with any, you know, show you've got, you, you put a lot into promotion. We've got, you know, we're going to have a commercial running for Digital Sky and Rideshare uh, around the Southeast and Kansas City and a whole bunch of different television markets. We're going to have, you know, huge social media pushes. We're doing everything you can think of. And our motto is, what is, you know, leave no stone unturned. What is everything we can do? And we said, you know what? You know what people really want? You know what people really want to listen to? You know what people really want to see? Yeah, we don't know, so let's give away an Xbox. So that was our <laughs> philosophy. And then we did the same thing with the PlayStation. So here's the deal. You'll go to Digital Sky on Twitter, at Digital Sky Pod, and um, you'll see that there's a way to kind of enter this contest. You'll see a link where you can follow. It's a link tree a link. And we have a point system. And we say, hey, make sure you follow us here on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow the Who Would Win Show on Apple podcast, follow us on YouTube, da, 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 da. Fill out everything. Trust me, the more points, the better. And then uh, will the person with the most points, if there's like 15 of them, whatever, we'll draw one of their names and we'll give them a PlayStation, you know, or an Xbox. What the heck? Or both. I don't know how those things work. <laughs> it, it was so funny because I may have gotten five or 10 DMs like, are they going to just take my credit card information and run? Like, no. They're not even asking for your credit card information. What? We're not going to take your credit card information. Look, if you want to provide uh, Delvin with your credit card information, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that he's a very trustworthy guy, and I know that he'll only buy things that benefit you know, him and his family directly. So yes. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying he's a great guy to do it with. Yes. But yeah, there's no money. No, no, no one's paying a dime. No, no money is coming in. We just want people to sign up or you know, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a, leave a comment, review. Same thing on YouTube. Like our stuff. Watch it leave a comment. We read everything, by the way. We have a whole team. We've got social media people. We've got marketing people. We've got branding people. I mean, we, we, and we're all like so thrilled when people leave a comment or talk about our show. So the, enter the contest, get your friends to enter, and win yourself a PlayStation or an Xbox and have fun. Definitely. Now, let's get into who would win because I love this show. This show is excellent. This show has grown so much since the last time you've been on it. Let's talk about that a little bit. You guys have just knocked it out in the park. Like right now, I think you guys are doing matches that people want to see, but you guys never do. Because the thing I always liked about the show is the fact that you always think outside of the box. You always kind of get the matches that you don't think that you would like, but then when you hear the match, you're like, holy crap, this is awesome. And this month, you kind of did the opposite of that, where you gave us kind of tried and true favorites. And one of my favorite episodes came out of this. And that was the Arrow and Hawkeye one because you guys did something that people don't often do when you did Arrow, the TV show, versus Hawkeye from the Avengers movie. And I, I, I love that episode. Tell me a little bit about that process. So here's the deal. The, the, you know, when people ask us all the time, how do you come up with the matches? And the matches are thought up through a committee. It's the Who Would Win production team, uh, Race to Canis, who's a great co-host, uh, great dad, actually a pretty good guy too. Uh, I don't like him too much. We disagree <laughs> on everything, but um, you know, he's a great co-host. Couldn't ask for a better uh, co-host in that regard. Uh, so he and I will you know, begrudgingly you know, exchange you know, phone calls, texts, and say, well, what about this guy? What about this woman? Whatever. And then we'll go to the team. We'll figure this all out. So the production team comes to us and says, listen, both you guys, you got to do these matchups at every, because look, we get inundated with, Let's hear, you know, Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. And we're like, boring. We've heard this a million times. So when 
the team came to us and said, you've got to do the common versus style matchups. Ray and I both said to the team, fine, but we're going to do it our way, right? We're going to, so they're like, well, okay, you're going to do Hawkeye versus Green Arrow? Sure. And then we said, but we'll do Arrow versus Clint Barton from the uh, Marvel Universe, you know, uh, movies and what have you, um, which I thought was a really smart move until I realized that Arrow is probably the most powerful version of Green Arrow there is. And yes. Clint Barton is probably the weakest version of Hawkeye of all the versions. And I'm like, wow, I'm Very, brilliant. Look what I did. And I nearly <laughs> lost that one. Yeah, I, I was not proud of myself for that one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing these matchups. And then we went back to the team. Ray and I actually did this separately. We didn't know we both did it, but we did. Um, we said to the team ourselves, this is it. Like after, you know, they call it like, um, you know, whatever it is, like we, we call it stale September, but the team calls it like, you know, superstar September. And we're like, after September, we're done. We're going back to our crazy matchups that no one thought of that makes sense. That's our, that's how we do who would win. And I love it. Let me ask you this. What is a dream matchup you want to have for the show? Okay. Um, I would love to do Marvel versus DC. Like, love to uh, do that. Universe versus universe. That. I like yes. that. Mar universe versus universe. Let's just do it. I'd love to do uh, like stuff like Star Wars versus Star Trek, um, Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. Like put a universe versus another universe. I just, I love those kind of battles, right? Um, Hasn't been the, done yet, really. Not really. Not like a universe versus a universe. But I, the funniest battle I've ever, has ever been suggested that you never know, we may do one day. Someone suggested Ray versus James, where Ray... Where, where I represent Ray and Ray represents me in the fight. I like I, that I, idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, how entertaining that would be for the fans, but I thought that would be interesting because either way I win. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, it depends because you have to defend Ray. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Listen, I think Ray is yourself. great. Yeah, and I think Ray is great. And, you know, uh, someone who's got a dad bod who loves eating, like, you know, potato chips and licorice, maybe they can swing a lucky punch or two. You never know how they do in a fight. I mean, we see this on YouTube all the time, crazy people getting knockouts and stuff. Yeah, he wouldn't win at all, actually. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Ray is often boisterous. As in all, often as in always? Yes. Yes. Has there ever been a moment where his boisterous has threw the judge completely off? Many times. Many times. I think I've won just because people are like, you know, they're, they're, they're getting yelled at by Ray. And we used to do these in person before COVID and everything. And we did it some great locations. And every once in a while, a judge, I could see a judge going, like, getting a little, like, not scared, but getting a little, like, jumping whenever Ray would get animated. And then and I put a hand on the shoulder, like, don't worry, you're okay. He's not, he's good. It's just, you know, it's just who he is. It's all good. And then all of a sudden, I'd get the win from out of nowhere, even though I thought I was going to lose. Um, however, on the other flip side, he's actually gotten judges to give him the win. And when I talked to the judges after, they're like, yeah, Ray was really convincing. I mean, he really believed in what he was saying. He was so loud. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> volume of his voice was the deciding factor here? Now, by the way, I also have an equal amount of crazy wins that I hate to say it, maybe I shouldn't have gotten either. So it goes both ways. Yes. The intoxicating mind fog, as Ray calls it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I use it whenever I can. 
It works on everyone except my wife. I can feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask she you this question. Who has been, without alienating anybody, your favorite judge so far? Look, we every judge has been actually really, really cool. And there's a group of judges I that agree. have really stood out. But I got to tell you, you know, we've had um, uh, Zeno Robinson was great when we did uh -huh. Magneto versus Flash. He, he's a great actor and, you know, uh, portrayed um, uh, Hawks on My Hero Academia. He was Cyborg and Young Justice. This, by the way, he's going to be a massive star, no doubt about it. Um, he was great. Uh, Eric Martzoff, um, who is, you know, the star of Rideshare, Booster Gold himself. Uh, really, again, wonderful guy. You know, I love judges who take the match seriously. Um, and, you know, but the one judge, I got to tell you, who's my favorite of all time is Stefan Thomas. And I've answered this before, too. <laughs> and Stefan Thomas is the CEO of the Creative Extreme uh, comic book company. Uh, check them out at www.thecreativeextreme.com. And he and uh, the other owner, Chris Ivko, great guys, really good people, super creative. Stefan comes in and he just has this style, this style that just unnerves Ray. And Ray is just like, oh, when he sees that it's Stefan, who's the, the, the production team is like, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna bring Stefan back on. And I'm like, yes. And Ray is like, really? This is what we're doing? Like, he just loses his mind. And then, and then Stefan knows how to play Ray as well. And um, there's a reason why I usually get the win when Stefan's a judge. I'll leave it yes. at that. Yes, it is quite delightful to hear Ray's angst when <laughs> Stefan's on the show, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> We did, uh, one of my favorite episodes was uh, Michael Myers from the Halloween, you know, horror franchise versus Scooby-Doo. And, uh, you know, Stefan came in and he looked at me, he's like, I don't know how you're going to do this. I think Scooby-Doo is getting destroyed. And then Ray starts yelling at Stefan the way he does. And Stefan's like, yeah, I have a funny feeling uh, you may not do as bad as you think. And sure enough, I pulled out the win. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. I wouldn't say it was fair, but it was entertaining. Yes, very much so. That's one of the things I like about the show because it makes talk about these battles fun and entertaining, and it doesn't get to the shouting matches. as Even as boisterous as Ray is sometimes, it always feels fun. You know, listen, you know, people like us who have spent decades investing in geek culture of, of characters of all types, we haven't had our own sport. You know, people watch football, people watch basketball. I'm mo a monster MMA fanatic. But the reality is we need a sport that kind of rewards us for having spent so much time and money and, you know, effort in pursuing our passion within geek culture, whatever it was, whatever characters or fandom you like. And who would win is designed to be a sport that is a return on your investment for all the time and effort you put into being a fan of whatever character you happen to love. Okay. I have one more major question for you. Uh oh. Who would be your dream judge to have on your show? I have one in mind, but I want to hear your, your dream judge. Wow. You know what? It, I was talking to Ray, oddly enough, we were talking about this and, and we came up with a lot of similar names. Um, I would love to get Kevin Conroy on the show. That was my choice. Uh, what's that? That was exactly who I was thinking. That was of. your choice. See, great minds think alike. We're yeah. geniuses on so many levels. Um, yeah. He he's just the person who really uh, you know is iconic beyond iconic. Um, but with that being said, if I could pick any judge, I would pick um, I'd probably pick Deadpool. 
if Deadpool could be a judge, he only breaks the fourth wall and talks to you. During, if Deadpool could come on my show and be a judge, it would be fantastic. That would actually be a pretty cool idea. We've been playing around with some different formats. You know, you never know who's going to come on. And, you know, we've had people who've wanted to call in. I'm not even getting people like, oh, can I call into the show? Can I da-da-da? And I'm like, we're not accepting callers. What are you talking about? He's like, well, just hear me out. If I, if I could figure out how I call in and we leave the conversation with me thinking, you know, that's not a horrible idea. So, you know, listen, I, I'm not opposed to Skeletor calling into the show and telling us who he thinks would win. I just, I think that kind of stuff's great. I like the idea. I like the idea. One more thing. Mm -hmm. You guys were doing live shows, which I like. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about doing a video version of Who It Win? Yes. Um, look, you know, I've said this before. Who It Win was an idea for a TV show I pitched. Yes. And that that was it. And I love being a podcaster, and I love being part of this whole podcast world. But Who It Win's a visual format, so we're actually in the works now of coming up with something. And the whole goal is to put this in front of a TV audience. That's where we're going with this. And I will push it nonstop to get us there. To create a YouTube version, um, we're not that far away from something like that, but we definitely want a visual version of the show. What network would you want it to be on? I have a couple of ideas myself, but which one would you like to see it on? Okay, first of all, Devin, whenever you have an idea, I always need to hear that first. So please, after you... AMC used to have a show called Comic Book Men. Bingo. They don't have that show no more. Mm -hmm. Who when would fit that spot perfectly? Thank you, sir. Oh, okay, I thought you said I thought you said you were about to say I made some calls. And <laughs> congratulations. Okay. I guess that's how we're going. That's okay. I, I don't know Kevin Smith yet. <laughs> but when I do, that call will go go through. Fantastic. AMC is great. I definitely see this as a digital network kind of thing, like a Netflix thing or a you know, Amazon. And that's one of the reasons why we try to build the social media and the engagement around the show, just because we want to show people, hey, we already have a good listenership. I mean, we hit over 1.2 million downloads a little while ago and things are going great. But we, you know, we have people who are really engaged, who love talking about this. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we're, by the way, Ray and I have done live shows at comic book conventions. We actually had a contract signed for San Diego, the San Diego State Fair that gets over a million people through it. And they wanted to do a whole weekend of who would win. And then we signed the contract, we agreed to terms, the whole thing, it was amazing. And then COVID hits and you know we'll have to wait till next year, hopefully. So we've done some live shows at conventions. They went over huge, they were fantastic. The shows went, were crazy. Ray plays the audience great. You leave the show, the audience, it's so funny, the families are like, yeah, we, we, we love the show. Ray, you need some help, man. We don't know what the deal is with you. And you're, you're yelling, not you're using your outdoor voice indoors. You're just da da da, da. But, you know, it's, it's so much fun. Definitely, definitely. This has been fun, man. This has been awesome, James. Let them know to find you at. Let them know to find all the content at. Sure. Well, you can check out Who Would Win on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just look up Who Would Win. Uh, like our stuff. Uh, rate it, give us a good five-star rating and give us a great review. Of course, we read everything. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Who Would Win Show. You can find me at James Gavsey on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also all over Facebook. We've got a great Who Would Win Facebook group that's equally insane. And what's really crazy, Delvin, is we put up a battle and we say, who do you think is going to win in these, these battles? Every social media platform we're on has a monster voice and they're different from each other. No one agrees on anything, which I love. And then for Digital Sky, check us out in Rideshare. 
check out Rideshare by looking up Digital Sky on Apple Podcasts, where Rideshare is part of the Digital Sky universe. So Digital Sky and Apple Podcasts. Look us up on YouTube uh, at Digital Sky and subscribe. And remember, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Digital Sky Pod. Uh, and let's have some fun. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, James. Awesome. Thank you for having me. No problem. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you like this content, go on patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. There, we have exclusive shows such as I'm the Podcaster, He's a DJ, and Fire Brigade, and we have tons of other content. Also, I'd like to give a special shout out to our Patreon producers, Tony Aaron II from Mystery Dental Productions, as well as Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. Ghost Rider UK. Thank you. Peace.